Hello, and welcome to Rehearse the Truth, a podcast where we equip and empower believers in the arts to prophetically and creatively broadcast God's light into the darkness and reclaim the arts for the kingdom. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Um, We are excited that you're back again for another week of goodness. We are in a series right now that is called Rehearse the Truth Over Your Lie. And today I have the honor and the privilege of interviewing. um, You guys have yet to know, it's actually one of our team members who is on um, in the background, has done a lot of things for us. He is um, just an honor. Like, I mean, it's just an honor and a privilege to like to work with him, but then also to interview and hear his story today. So get ready. But um, he is our music producer, audio editor, like all the things, you name it. He has done the intro and the outro. And just, I mean, can you hear the talent? Yeah. So everyone, welcome Derek Cobb. Hello. Hello. We are excited to have you. So kind. Oh, you know. Um, But we're going to, right off the bat, we're going to play a little bit of rapid fire. So get on ready. Ready? And okay. (laughs) Okay. So dog or cat? Dog. Okay. Coke or Dr. Pepper? Coke. Really? Okay. I'm surprised you even drink soda. Uh, well, I, not too much anymore, but Coke okay. for sure. Like I've never liked yeah, Dr. I mean, Pepper. Good choice. Dr. Pepper and root beer are like no goes. Okay. Um, first car. <laughs> 2000 Dodge Intrepid. It was a purple one. Wow. I called it Barney. Yes. That's incredible. <laughs> okay. Are you a planner or Spontaneous. Spontaneous. That is very accurate. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, favorite dessert? So it's, I've grown up. It's pie. Really? Yeah. What kind of pie? I don't know. Whatever Raymond makes. Okay. Shout out to Raymond, yeah. my, my housemate. Yeah, he's incredible. He he's is. really a great cook. Um, I just bought a pie like thing from the thrift store the other day. So anyways, um, favorite book of the Bible? Genesis. Duh. Okay. (laughs) If you've listened to any of the prior stuff, everyone will be like, what? Um, Well done. You made it. Congratulations. You're done with the rapid fire. I know you were worried. (laughs) Um, Okay. So like I said earlier, we are in a series of rehearse the truth over your lie. Um, But before we kind of dive into that, I would be like, would love for you to share a little bit like, yes, I kind of gave you a little bit of what you do for us, but then on the other side, people just prepare yourselves, um, for what you're about to go and get to research. Um, because he has some super great stuff out there. So would you just kind of share like what field you are in arts, like out there and what you're doing right now, just give people a little bit of a taste. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so primarily I'm in music production. Like that's my kind of my specialty. That's my biggest interest. Um, really like electronic music blended with hip hop, but really like every genre. Yeah. Just inspired by like all different types of sounds. I listen to cinematic music, really slow ambient music. And so that's, that's kind of my area of focus. Mm -hmm. Um, Also right now am studying ministry in Bible college. Cool. Uh, So really just trying to get a grasp of the word and, and see how that applies and and combines uh, with music. Yeah. Sick. But, um, yeah, so I've been blessed to be brought onto the team here. and We are blessed to have you. <laughs> it's It's been amazing, and I'm just so grateful to kind of put these gifts and these skills to use and to, to serve the kingdom with them and Super. just see where God takes it. And you have a project out right now that is called what? 
Frequencies of Heaven. Go look it up. It's so good. And you release <laughs> what? Every Friday, you're releasing a new project. Yeah, every Friday and every Tuesday. Oh, so, NBD. He's added a Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the Fridays are called um, Friday Frequencies. Cool. You know, stick with the name. Good job. And then Tuesday Therapy. So the Fridays oh, are like... okay, marketer. Upbeat, fun, yeah, yeah, dancey. Yeah. The Tuesday ones are a little bit more... Soaking, sick, uh, relaxing. I'm excited. Get okay, you through that midweek. There you go. Called out ones. There yeah. is some good music to go listen to. Um, all right, so here we go. Let's dive right in into the series. I'm excited to hear. I know a little bit of your testimony, but every single time I hear just like another layer of it, I'm like shook by it. <laughs> so um, I'm excited just to kind of once again dive right into like what it was that like. What has God called you out of based off of like what darkness, what kind of darkness was it and how does it relate? Does it relate to the arts? All these different things. You go for it. I, we're just listening and going to be entertained um, by your story. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I may, you know, I may have a little bit different background um, than maybe some people that are listening to this, but either way, I think. There are, there are just truths that are woven into it that I hope um, really kind of inspire you all. And, and so I, I grew up in the church um, or going to church up in like, but I just went to Sunday school. And by the time I was like 12, 13, stopped going altogether. Okay. I like went through confirmation. So I became a member of the church. Yeah. But fast forwarding real quick, I was saved at 26 years old. So I had a foundation and that that was important, but like growing up, I always wanted to believe. I just never could. Mm. Um, My mind got in the way, of course, like first and foremost, acknowledging my own sin, my own arrogance. Um, But then also like, I just couldn't rationalize it. Things I was being taught in school, um, you know, people that I was hanging out with, I went to public school and I just, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, no, you know. People don't raise from the dead. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And so I end up going to college and I meet amazing friends from really all over the world and just very blessed in that situation. But with such, I left a small town in Ohio and then I was in this new setting where I had pretty much every culture you could think of, all these different beliefs, these different backgrounds. And so I was just further removed from any like sense of um, you know, identifying as Christian. Yeah. I said, well, I don't know what exists. Like, how can I? So I firmly became agnostic, uh, by my really middle of my freshman year of college. Wow. And all the while I was partying, uh, quite a bit. And that led to kind of going further into partying and then into drugs. Um, so I was drinking and smoking weed at that time. So when I say drugs, I'm talking about heavier drugs, even getting into at that point. Yeah. And, eventually later on in college, um, I was pulled into the rave scene. Okay. Yeah. And so that's where things maybe kind of, for those of us who are like non ravers over here, <laughs> yeah. can you explain just like a tidbit of like what exactly that like means? Because yeah. I know that originally I was like, come again. Um, <laughs> so just break it down just a little bit. Yeah. So, um, Rave actually stands for like, I think it's real audio and visual experience okay. or something. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, think of just DJs, right? And like yeah. DJs in a club 
or in a dark like warehouse or whatever and you know real dark and but with modern day there's a lot of production so there's a lot right. of lights and led screens right and just going wild but obviously when you get that type of setting um you have a lot of darkness that comes along with it sure and it's, you know you're literally in darkness but um so there was drugs and uh yeah like molly ecstasy is kind of like the main drug that you that pulls a lot of people into it and you're just on this like crazy euphoric high experiencing this music and these sounds and they're doing crazy things to you and um like when i did that i was like oh i get it like my friends they went and they they told me um they told me like oh it's like so awesome and i would kind of joke i'm like yeah you guys always talk about the lights and this and that and then like I was high on this drug and it just was like, Oh, this is life. Mm. I was like, like, this is it. Like everything else out there, like that's fake world. Like this is the real world. And so I had no idea that I was being trapped into a lie. Right. And all along the way you were like getting deeper and deeper into like, you were one of the, the dudes, like when it came to like being a real DJ and like you were kind of being like, what do you call it? Like, a um, for like Juilliard and different stuff like they, they call it like a prodigy in a way. So like for you, it was kind of like you were being molded to then take over one day. Right. Well, yeah. So really like the drugs are what started it. Okay. okay? And that like sucked me in and it like made, it all made sense to me at that point. And then from there, that's when I was like, all right, I have to like devote my life to this. Like mm-hmm. I have to like learn how to make this music. I have to learn. Like I remember being in a crowd amongst a sea of people and like seeing a DJ on a stage. Um, and this was like a side stage at a music festival with like 20,000 people just going crazy. And I, 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 I'll never forget that moment. I looked and I said, they figured out how to do that. Like, I'm going to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that with my life. And so I just committed and it became like your everything, everything. Yeah. That's all I did. And you were willing to do anything and everything to get there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so I was, I was just so enamored by the music, mm. by the um, the sound production, the technicality of it. Yeah. Like, that's what kept me in. And I actually was, like, very, um, like, this is all I did. So over a span of four years, I went to, like, hundreds of shows. Like, saw hundreds of different DJs. Like, it's all I did with my time. But when I was at these shows, I wasn't really talking to anyone. Okay. And I was just, like, going crazy on the dance floor because I was all about the music all the time. It was, it was everything. Um, Okay. So that's intense in a way, but like, it makes sense. And it became like, you became a devoted like servant of this craft. And I find that like fascinating. Um, because I feel like anybody can do that in the art world. It doesn't matter, quote unquote, whatever field it is, but like the craft can take over the mind in so many ways. So like Hmm. how the heck did you get to the point where like God was like uh, to the point where I'm sitting across from the way yeah. here and you're like, my favorite book of the Bible is Genesis. <laughs> like what? So I'm, I'm sure somebody else is like, excuse me. Are we should, I, like, so yeah, share with that part. Like how did, yeah. how did this get so transformed? Yeah. So kind of what you were alluding to, I was, I actually quit my job. I was pursuing the dream of being a full-time touring DJ at this point. I had like kind of put in the years of practice and I was starting to get these shows and I was at this music festival. Um, in the middle of 2019 and I had this like spiritual awakening Mm. and like, there's no other way to say it. Like I was awoken to this dark, like underworld that's out there. 
um, the occult. Like it's, there's just like a lot of darkness and it has to do with the whole like feeding of the drugs into the scene. Um, and it has to do obviously with like sexual immorality and just so much, so much stuff that I realized I was living in a world of deception. Like I was completely awoken to it for the first time. Yeah. And I had been living in it for five years, just unaware of what was going on around me. And so I went searching for answers. And the really, the cool thing is, is I tell people like, ultimately I went searching for truth. Yeah. I didn't go searching for Jesus. Yeah. I went searching for truth. Talk about it. And then I found Jesus Come along on. the way. Yeah. It, it, like he's so, so good and yeah. so faithful. And so, you know, I, but that, okay. I don't want anyone to miss this because this is the part that was like really interesting to me when we had like one night, it was like, here, let's talk about this as friends, yeah. like for like five hours. <laughs> um, but I found it really interesting how you were really in a pursuit of like, you went down the trails of like, you wanted to know like every single, like when you say you were searching for truth, I mean, you searched in various different places to find it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So like how I mean, can maybe share a little bit just briefly based off of like where your trail kind of went to then take you to like, but bang, this is it. I don't know if you can. Uh, I, I'll just try to like list the progression. Yeah. So coming out of it, I mean, at this point I was in a bunch of psychedelic drugs. And so I was like really like one with the earth. And when I was awoken to this spirituality, it actually goes back and, you know, I have a deep interest in apologetics right. and kind of worldviews and such. And it has a deep tie to uh, a lot of Eastern ideas mm-hmm. um, with the idea of reincarnation and, and, you know, pantheistic views of like God is in all and, you know, I'm God. And it's like looking to find my own divinity and just being one with nature and like thinking animals were like talking to me and like just crazy stuff. And so I went there and then. I think for a week, I thought I was a witch. Like, it's crazy to think about now. And then eventually I came to, I just, here's like the really important thing, right? Yeah. Inside, something was changing in me. So yeah. I realized that I was living in this world of darkness. It was, I, I wanted answers. I wanted truth. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, God was working on me. And he was having me confront a lot of deep, dark, buried secrets. Now I had no idea I had those. Yeah. Um. And the way that the revelation I had over the time was, you know, you think you have like one little secret, one buried secret. (laughs) Talk about it. Yeah. But like that's the enemy just masks like, yeah, a ton of other ones. Right. So I would like open up about this. Yeah. And it would come with like 5,000 different layers and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. I'd be like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And it just kept coming and coming up. But thankfully it got me to a point of like complete emptying. Um, and so over this time I just kept seeking truth and ultimately each one of these ideas or, or worldviews or whatever you would call them, they didn't have the truth, the full truth in them. And mm-hmm. so I just kept seeking truth. And as I got to a point, a place of being completely emptied, it was a month and a half later and I was in Brooklyn, New York and completely emptied, couldn't do anything else. And for the first time, I separated myself from the creator. I separated myself from the idea of God, that like God was me, you know, or that like I was a part of this universe, okay. like this God in all type of deal. And and thankfully I did have that foundation of church as a kid. Right. And I just knew God was there with me. He was showing me so many things. And yet I could not control everything. I wanted to control it all. And I finally called out and I just said, mm, in desperation. Come on. <laughs> 
Jesus, I know you're there. Yeah. I can't do this without you. I need you. And at that very moment, I was saved. And he gave me a, a vision and, and confirmed it with that. Yeah. And I'm so, you know, eternally grateful for that. But it was like totally unexpected. I didn't go searching for the Lord. Ultimately, he got me to a place of brokenness, which is what was necessary to have that repentant heart. Yeah. To call out to him in faith for the first time in my life at 26 years old. Wow. I think that that, so thanks, first of all, for like being so transparent and honest, because I know that that's like, yeah, um, that's like intense, but like yeah. also like so rewarding for somebody to sit over here and just be like, wow, God, like you are in such a pursuit. Like, and I've, I've like, there's kind of two things in what I'm sitting and I'm just like listening to right now. Like, I love how you keep mentioning the fact of like, you had the foundation of a kid. I think that that's really like interesting and I would have to like sit on that a little bit longer, but I know that for the sake of like time, we probably won't. But I really think that like somebody today probably is more so like I used to, like I used to go to church. I used to mm, believe like yeah. all this other stuff. And I, it takes me back to the fact of like, we brush it over, but I think it's like so important to train up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. And that's the fact of like in that moment, like you yeah, you went and did your thing, but in the ultimate, like, it's like he had a leash on you the entire time because that's how much he loves you. Um, and that's how much he loves his kids. So then it was like, all right, I'm here and I'm in for like, I'm in pursuit of you, whether you are going to rebel or push me away or do whatever the heck you want to do. I still love you. And so like, who needs to hear that today? And the fact of like, he's not done with you yet. And maybe you've questioned. I think that that's also another part of your story that I freaking loved. Um, coming from my background, I've had the opportunity to be able to like really research other things versus just Christianity because it was, it was like what God asked of me. Um, but also in that it's just an awareness to really realize like truth is truth and it sets you free. And he is the one way, the one truth and the one life. Like, and so I think on that end, it's just really interesting to kind of like take a seat back and be like, wow, God, okay. Um, this is cool. But then in that, I remember you kind of like at this point, like this is so cool. Um, but when you like, when you hear, when you called out to him and everything else, like then what started the progression of like, now you're getting to the point of like, what did you have to deal with? What lies did you have to like, what, what did you have to deal with to the point where again, now you're in the seat where you're sitting, you're like, I love freaking apologetics. And like, (laughs) I'm on a mission to like make his kingdom known. I think that that is interesting. So like, because of what you had saw or what you had been a part of, what if that maybe did it immediately leave? Did it, you know what I mean? Like, can you share that type of stuff? Because I feel like sometimes we, it would be curious on that end. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously first and foremost, it's all God's grace, right? Yeah. Amen. Like we know that, but you can't say it enough and you can't give him enough. There's nothing we could ever offer him that could equal the infinite love and grace that he showers on us. Yeah. Um, but with me, I, I feel like I hear some people's stories and they kind of have this, like they get, they, they have an, a radical salvation. And it's like, they see the light, this, that, and it's like right off into the sunset type feel. Like it wasn't like that for me. The next month and a half were like the worst month. It was the worst month of my life. Mm. Um, and I thought the month leading up to it was bad, Yeah. but I had this newfound faith. I was like, I know Jesus mm. and how do I reconcile that with my entire life? Like I have, I have quit my job. Um, 
a good job as a project manager. I quit that. I was pursuing the DJ dream. I was woven into this. Right. It's like you almost had to look in the mirror and be like, who are you? Yeah. Like, I don't even know who, like who I am in a sense. And you had to allow God to rebuild. It was, yeah, it was wild. Like, so is there like maybe a distinct lie that came from that, that you want to speak to? Well, I mean, honestly, over that next month and a half, um, never in my life before this was I, um, like I was sad at times, but never in my life was I ever to this level. But this was the only time in my life that I was suicidal. Wow. Um, and it was after I was saved because wow. I just remember thinking like, God, I don't want to be here in these lies anymore. Mm. And I knew my home was in heaven. I was assured of that. He had, he had shown me that graciously. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I remember like telling him, like, I just want to be home with you and thank God that like, I didn't have a gun. There was one moment where I legitimately was like, if I had a gun right now, I would end it. Jeez. So, you know, I don't diminish those feelings that people have or those, those trials that they go through. I walked through it. Yeah. Um, I think that that's what we automatically assume is that we assume that like salvation equals clear, go happy, go lucky, all the rainbows. And like, it's like, it's so not the case because there is a level of, he tells us like, you're going to face persecution that you're going to face temptation. Like you're born sinful. And though he's like completely taken that debt, Mm -hmm. it's our natural desire to like we were born to almost be more so a part of that um, than we were on the other side. So like once you come into that agreement of what the father says over you, then there's the level of sanctification that like, can you speak just a little bit to that? Because I feel like that's such a lost word right now in our society and like the level of consecration, mm-hmm. like Both of those words are very big words. So I'm sure somebody's like, what in the heck? So like, can you break that down? Because I know your heart for like that side of stuff is probably really deep. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess just kind of transitioning out of that to get to that sanctifying mindset. Yeah. Um, God, like through like the radio, (laughs) led me to Christian music on the radio. And I was like, oh, this is weird. They're like, they get me. <laughs> and so that started the healing process. Then I cool. started reading the word and I started going to church again. Cool. And that's when really like the healing just, just really like. So you had to get off. into the word, AKA yeah. you had to like feed yourself with truth yeah. every day. Yeah. Amen. Mm. Like, and that's what it still is, you know? Yes. Like it's, it's gotten to a point where if I'm not in the word, yeah. like, I feel drained. Yeah. I've, and like, yeah, it's spiritual nourishment. It's you good. know, Jesus says that, like, I have food that you guys don't know about. Come on. Right? Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. It was a process. Reading through the Bible the first time was like, what is this? Like, yeah. I don't, <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you go back, you reread it, and you reread it, and you reread it. But how many it. times did you have to sit and actually ask the Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocator to, like, be like, teach me how to understand this and not so much like I think automatically like we read one maybe one verse or something like that and I can resonate with it because in the beginning it was like this is intimidating as heck like I don't even know where to begin but then it's almost like I I allowed for excuses to take the place of Mm. just sitting and being like almost stubborn enough 
almost like devoted enough to like, again, if you're going to bring it back to like why we exist, like in the arts, how many times does it like, I'm going to get this like beat. I'm going to go in, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like figure out this rhythm. I'm going to nail it until like somebody on the other side says yes. But how many times do we get that devoted to the fact of like, no, I know you're going to teach me the word God. Like, I know that you're going to reveal your truth over time, but am I willing enough to sit and take it in? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Like it's, it's that commitment. It's like a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And I can think to a, a time, I think, I think probably any, any Christian, um, really any person in general who's reading the Bible, but especially, you know, if you are born again, um, we all have to come to a decision in our life and say, do I believe the word? Like, do I believe this is inerrant? Wow. Do I believe this is God's word? Yeah, yeah. And so coming to that point, like that didn't happen for me right away. Like I was reading it, I was saved, thank God. But I thought I was the smartest person in the world. <laughs> and like, I'm going to disprove the Bible. Like wow. I was reading it to disprove it. But then every single time, whether I was like, well, there's a contradiction here. You know, that doesn't make sense. A lot of times he would show me immediately. Like I would give that to him. I'd be like, well, you know, if, it's, if there's an answer, show me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it wouldn't come to like months later. But eventually there was this, this point where I just was like, oh, okay. No, like this is the truth. Like yeah. this is 100% the truth. And then once you get to that point, at least for me, it became so much easier and so much more life breathing. Yeah. Because I wasn't reading it to be critical. I was reading it to understand. Um, I think that's important for somebody to hear. Yeah. yeah. You weren't what? You weren't reading it to be critical, but you were reading it to understand. Yeah. Woof. <laughs> Take that in, somebody. Yeah. Um, that's good. Okay. So amidst all of that, that he's pulled you out of, what is like maybe something truth, scripture that you like just hold on tight to now to be like, nah, this is it, bruh. <laughs> Is there like, I know you're like, yeah, right, Amy, like one verse. Um, But if there's something that you like, even with the mist of like, if things start to creep up again or try to take you down some sort of path that does not match his name, where do you go and recite it over your life? I go back to Philippians 3.13 a lot, which is, um, you know, Paul is talking and he says, "One one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Come on. You know, it's, and then it's ultimately to the upward call of the prize of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Like that scripture has just sunk into me because go walking through, you know, I really like, not just me, like what anyone walks through, like we all have a past, right? Yep. And, and that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. But I mean, it says it right there and forgetting, right? Like forgetting doesn't mean like, I don't remember it. Like I just recalled my testimony to you, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's kind of in the same way of, you know, where the Lord says, I will remember your sins no more. Like, it's not like God, like can't properly think of it. Mm -hmm. It's like a choosing to forget. It's choosing to hold any sort of uh, condemnation or any shame to it. And it's that mindset. And so whether it's something that happened uh, 10 years ago, one year ago, or even like five minutes ago, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh man, I really, you know, the enemy comes in. And he's just like, you should have said that differently. You should have this, that, and the other. And he starts like condemning you and making you feel bad. I always come back to that scripture. Yeah. And I'm always just like, 
no, forgetting what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. Yeah. Like we will never change the past. Yeah. And, and so often we live in the past and we dwell on the past Yeah, and we should learn from the past, but we shouldn't dwell on it. We shouldn't, you know, hold that type of weight and it's, I'm growing in it every day, right? No, it's like, good. It's good. I, I uh, yeah, it's so good. Um, I'm just taken and I'm reminded of, as we kind of like wrap up, I'm reminded of Romans eight and I feel like somebody else, like again, on the other line needs to like hear this. So there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Moving on a little bit later on, he says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. I think somebody needs to hear that. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And so like who needs to know right now, who needs to get in a posture and a position to offer back out, to call unto God, God, I ask you to take the power of my mind and I'm asking you to step in and protect it. God, I pray that you dismiss the lies that somebody is believing that is of a level of condemnation. It is of shame and guilt. And in your eyes, God, it is not that. And so, God, I pray, I pray for the person who sits right now and thinks that they've gone too far gone, yet you are, you are calling them home. God, I pray that you protect, protect their heart and protect their mind. Thank you, Father, for giving us the Holy Spirit to call upon in this hour the power and the name that speaks a better name, God, that brings a, a, a level of life and peace. We speak abundant life over somebody right now. We speak rest. We speak shalom, rest, and peace over their life, God. We thank you. We thank you for, for going through the muck and the, and, and the grum of it all, God to go after the one today. No more condemnation in Jesus' name. No more condemnation. Your, your mind belongs to the Father and the Father alone. Take possession of what is His. Do not give it to the hands of the enemy any longer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Anything you want to share in the wrap-up? Well, I, I just, one thing um, that was just, as you were mentioning there with Romans 8.1, mm-hmm. that's another scripture, you know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And um, I was blessed to learn that, like, if you look in some of the translations on yeah. that, and so if, like some of you out there, like, like if you have like a New King James version or some of these other versions, that'll actually have an extra clause in there. Mm-hmm. That's like not in the older manuscripts. And the extra clause says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. But like your version there didn't have it. The one I read doesn't have it because they're actually, um, since like the King James was founded on, or used like 11th and 12th century manuscripts. Since then we found like a lot earlier manuscripts that are a lot closer to the original, the text, original. Yeah. And those clauses aren't in there. Which blows sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's amazing because it's like 
there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, period. Right. And it's about, like, it's not us, it's him. Right. right? He's already paid that price. Amen. And so, you know, if your faith is in Christ, yeah. like, if you are truly in Christ, there's no condemnation, period. Amen. And it's that righteousness that will, will really, like, set you free. Mm. And so that was that was just a revelation for me that I just... I felt like I should share. No, that's so good. Thanks for sharing. Derek, I'm so thankful that you came in and that you shared. And I, I like, I kind of like sit in the place of like every single time I get to interview and just be in a position where I'm in the room, I'm like, whatever, God, like you're so cool. Um, but thank you. Seriously. You have been such an asset to our team. Um, but above and beyond that, you're such an incredible brother in Christ. And so we thank you for just, um, for allowing for the father to redeem that which is his and that he formed and knitted. Um, You are a miracle and I believe that God is going to use you in such incredible ways um, to impact the kingdom. So keep doing it, dude. Keep reclaiming artistry for the kingdom because um, you have blessed us today and we believe that um, you're going to bless many, many to come. So I I appreciate that so much. I'm just so grateful so grateful for you, Amy, mm, for your leadership thanks. and uh, your friendship and, and just for the entire team here. So I really appreciate having me today. Thanks, Derek. All right. Well, yeah, I know I'm crying. Well, shocker. Okay. <laughs> um, but as we just close out today, um, I would love if you would read a blessing over the called out ones today as they um, are going back into the fields of where God has asked them to um go and inhabit. And so, um, go, go today with life and go today with peace on your, um, on your shoulders and in your mind and on your heart and on your lips, all the things guys. So posture to yourself and just receive from the father today. May the Lord bless you as you take your place as a warrior in the battle of reclaiming the arts for the kingdom. May you walk boldly as the masterpiece you were created to be defined only by your Father's voice. May God's divine creativity flow through you as a reflection of your Maker. May pride, comparison, fear, pressure, insecurity, and all other footholds of evil in our industry be silenced by God's truth. May you encounter the heart of the Father, the love of the Savior, and the power of the Spirit in your life every day this week. You are seen, you are known, and you are loved. God bless you. We'll see you next week.